Well, joining me in RG now is the new Root Sports Astros voice, Todd Callis. Great to have him on the show. Todd, great to talk with you, and uh, welcome to Houston. And, and, and we're, we got a Super Bowl going on here, so we, we not only brought you in, but we decided, hey, this is a big enough deal. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and bring a Super Bowl here with Todd Callis. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that. The traffic down here is a little nuts, but uh, it's been fun. The energy and the excitement level is pretty amped up right now. Hey, I, I caught up with you over at the Astros Caravan, got a chance to meet with you during that. Now, you got to hang out with uh, Lance McCullers, Brady Rogers, and and most importantly, Orbit. Now, I, I don't want to really get a whole lot into Orbit's personality. I know that's kept top secret, but what, what is it like to hang out with Lance McCullers? Because He's one of the real characters on the team, really smart guy, not afraid to speak his mind a little bit, I'm sure. No, it was really good to, to be on the caravan for a lot of reasons, especially because I got to know some of the guys a little bit better, and Lance was certainly one of them. Uh, we share a similar background, even though I didn't grow up in Tampa. I've been in Tampa the last 19 years, pretty much close to as long as Lance has been there. And uh, Lance has grown up there, went to Tampa Jesuit High School. So we talked a lot about the transition from Tampa to Houston and how he loved it here and he lived here now. Uh, so it was really good to get to meet him and Brady, an awesome guy as well. And uh, Every guy I met on the caravan couldn't say enough good things about him. But uh, Lance in particular, we had a little special bond because of the fact that we're both coming here from, Houston, or from Tampa to Houston. And he probably told you one of those things that we always hate to hear when we're, when we're getting a little bit up older is uh hey i grew up watching you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get that a lot more now than i ever did but uh it's part of the territory i remember his dad pitching as well as uh i remember him pitching so uh when you when you reach that certain age you start to i, I had a funny thing happen this year in college basketball because i do the games for university of south florida and it's always been like i know i'm getting old because i remember watching his dad play well this year uh usf has a freshman michael bibby who's not only the son of Mike Bibby, but he's the grandson of Henry Bibby, who played for the Philadelphia 76ers, amongst other teams. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I now have seen a kid uh, play at, at this level where I'm broadcasting games whose grandfather I saw play. So, yeah, I'm getting really old. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned, I, I guess you have that in common with Lance, is everybody always asks him about his dad, who was a pitcher when, when he was growing up. And I'm sure you get the questions about your dad, Harry, and, and of course, Astro fans know your dad because he was here close to the beginning of the whole thing. Remind people uh, when Harry broadcast Astros games and, and what you remember from that, if anything, because I know when, when he left, you were just a kid, right? I was only five when we left Houston, so I don't remember a whole lot. But it is kind of cool because there are a lot of people that were at FanFest and even stopped by the caravans that remember the years dad was here. Uh, he started broadcasting when they became the Astros in 1965 and he left after the 1970 season and began working for the Phillies, who he'd worked for uh, for the last 39 years of his life. But got his major league debut here, started in uh, the big leagues after a minor league stint out in Hawaii, uh, which is a pretty cool place if you're going to be in the minor leagues. Uh, and then he was here from 65 through 70. So it's really neat that a lot of people still remember him and his Astro days here, uh, his first major league job. And even though I've done play-by-play in the past, I've never had a full season of play-by-play. So in essence, this is my first full uh, major league play-by-play shot. So I kind of come full circle over the years. What do I remember? Not a whole lot. I remember the exploding scoreboard. Uh, I remember a couple things about the Astrodome and Astro World and uh, Peppermint Park back in the day. But I don't remember a ton of stuff. But there's definitely the snorting bull and the the, uh, 
Cowboys with the gun shooting that I do remember on the scoreboard. Oh, Peppermint Park, me and Archie remember that. Don't you remember that, Archie, growing up, the pep- going to Peppermint Park? Yeah, I remember more of the Astroworld and everything like that, of course. But it's across from the Astrodome, which is now like a state historical site. So, yeah, the Astrodome is, still has a lot of history in Houston. One of the things that uh, you, you your dad called was the Eddie Matthews 500th home run. Was that Was that his biggest call with the Astros? I think so, although I, I do believe I remember hearing him call uh, the exhibition home run, the very first home run ever hit in the Astrodome by Mickey Mantle. I believe uh, that occurred during Dad's inning uh, when he was working with Gene Nelson and Lowell Pass. So that would have been a pretty cool moment, too. I know as a Phillies announcer, his greatest individual moment, not as a team, but his greatest individual call that, that everybody remembers is Mike Schmidt's 500. So I'm guessing Eddie Matthews' 500th ranked way up there, although I never really talked to him about that. But I do recall him calling Mickey Mantle's first home run ever in the Astrodome. Todd, I wanted to ask you about the Philadelphia fan base, because when your dad went over there, like you said, went to go broadcast there for many years. And, of course, uh, you spent a lot of time in Philadelphia, too. Uh, what can you say about, like, the, the broadcasting games in that city and kind of what it, it kind of how it helped shape you and your broadcasting career, too? Well, Philly is definitely a tough city. Uh, it's the city of brotherly love, but it's definitely the city of tough love as well. Uh, but for whatever reason, from the very start, and Dad came into a situation where he was replacing a very popular broadcaster uh, in Bill Campbell. And Bill had been doing a number of different uh, sports, including the Phillies. And when Dad came, Bill was no longer on the Phillies broadcast. So there was a little bit initially of who is this kid they just got from Houston. We don't really know him. Uh, but it was a quick love affair where they really, Dad just loved the Phillies fans and vice versa. Uh, you see it with certain guys who have been in markets for a number of years. Uh, but there was definitely a special bond between that and the Philly fans. For me, I uh, grew up going to Veterans Stadium. That was pretty much my uh, playground as a kid. We spent a lot of summer days there. So I didn't really know whether it was a good stadium, bad stadium, or what. I just knew that that was a major league stadium, and I loved it. Uh, but the Philly fans were, were, could be tough on Mike Schmidt as a rookie and on other guys uh, who didn't perform. But uh, once you got on their good side, they loved you forever. Were there certain players that you met and had interactions with growing up, being around baseball, maybe a story or two that you can share as a kid? Because you, you had that incredibly unique experience of, of having a dad that was around baseball all the time. Yeah, the cool thing was, you know, spring training was kind of our time to bond. Dad's schedule in the off season was even busy because he did not only Phillies for 162, uh, but then the off season he had big five basketball, uh, he would do Notre Dame football occasionally. He had NFL films work. So we really didn't get a chance to see him much year-round. The wintertime was a little bit better. Uh, but then when we go, we would go down to spring training in Clearwater, Florida, that was kind of the real family time. So we would have parties down there at spring training. It was all-day baseball during the, the uh, Clearwater spring training schedule. So we would have some, some dinner parties, and we would see players roll by. And that was great because, you know, these are guys that people idolize. And uh, Steve Carlton would stop by for dinner or – uh, Mike Schmidt, as previously mentioned, or, uh, you know, various other major league players who played for the Phillies, and even guys that didn't play for the Phillies. Joe Morgan and Dad became great friends over the years, and Joe and Dad were friends from their Houston days, and they would um, continue to be friends throughout uh, Dad's life. So it was just, it was kind of weird because you would see all these players, and you wouldn't really think of them as these, you know, amazing superstar athletes that people hold on a pedi- or hold in high esteem and put on a pedestal because. They just came over for dinner every once in a while. So I was very fortunate to have that uh, growing up. wanted to ask you, because you were also with the Tampa Bay Rays for many years, and, and there was another as- 
Astros announcer connection there with uh, Dwayne Stats. Because uh, uh, for people who m- might not remember, Dwayne Stats also kind of started his career with the Astros, kind of late 70s, early 80s, and uh, then uh, moved on to other broadcasting jobs. But uh, what was it like working with Dwayne Stats? Dwayne was the constant and is the constant professional. I mean, you know he's going to bring it for every single telecast. He is always ultra prepared. He's always uh, he's very consistent, as consistent a broadcaster as I've seen or heard. Uh, I love Dwayne. Dwayne was actually here uh, last week during the Fan Fest and Caravan. He and his wife had become good friends with my fiance and I, and um, they were here to kind of help assimilate us to the area. And, uh, took us around a little bit house shopping, and we're going to continue that this week. Dwayne and his wife aren't here this week. But, uh, yes, Dwayne has become a, a very good friend over the years. Uh, he was sad that I was leaving uh, the Tampa Bay area and, and, and them, and, you know, in addition. But uh, he was also instrumental in putting me in contact with the right people here when the search was starting. And uh, I will always look at Dwayne as either like an older brother or, or uh, father mentorship type because he was definitely always there for me. And uh, I will definitely miss our time together. Who is your baseball broadcasting idol? Is it, is it just as simple as your dad or was there somebody else you listened to and thought, Hey, this is what I want to do. And maybe this is the style I want to do it. Or this is a guy that I just want to emulate the way he, he broadcast a baseball game. Because I've heard hundreds and hundreds of dads broadcast his style and his intonations and his rhythm is kind of ingrained in me just because I was always there either in the booth next to him on Sundays. I kept the out-of-town scoreboard for the guys or just listening on the radio or watching on TV. Uh, just his style, I would always hear. So that kind of became, you know, part of my style, but I also think I'm a little bit different than him. The one other guy that I really, really enjoyed uh, back in the day on TBS when the Braves weren't very good, uh, Skip Carey just always kept me interested in the broadcast because he would always – uh, say something that was irreverent or uh, not. He would inject a little more humor to the broadcast than most guys did at that time. And uh, at that point, I thought that that was really unique. And I really liked that style as well. There were five candidates, according to what I've heard. And each of you got a chance to call an old game with Jeff Blum. Describe kind of the tryout process. And one of the things that I talked to you about with was the fact that, you know, this is something that I don't know if you had even done before and how difficult is it when it's not live to call the baseball game? Do you get the still the anticipation and the adrenaline uh, of a baseball game? Because it's, it's a really different experience trying to call a game off maybe a, a video screen or something like that. It is a little different experience, but I also thought it was the most fair process they possibly could have come up with. I, I don't even know. Uh, I haven't done this a lot, but the few times that I have gone after a job, I thought this was the most thorough and fair process. And yes, part of it was, uh, doing a mock broadcast with Jeff Blum, uh, who they knew was going to be the full-time color analyst at that point. So uh, the five guys, it's either five or six guys, uh, got a chance to work with him during a game. And it is a little different in that you already know what has happened in that game, but you also try not to be uh, too anticipatory, knowing what's going to happen, and try and call it as if it's unfolding before your eyes. So uh, there's a little bit of a dance you do there. But at the same time, you're still calling a baseball game. And I just think they wanted to hear – how the back and forth would be between Jeff and whoever else was in contention. Um, and I thought, you know, we did a fine job. I'm sure the other candidates all did a great job. But, uh, again, to me, the, the Astros, in all the whole two, three months it took during the search, I thought they did a really thorough job, regardless of the fact that, that I got the job. That's not why I'm saying that. But I really thought they did a thorough job. And, 
in trying to find who the right person was. Are you working on your home run call? Because I think you're going to get a pretty good chance to use it this season with the Astros. <laughs> yeah, don't really have one, but you're right. I mean, my goodness, that lineup is ridiculous. But uh, don't really have like a set go-to call. If it happens and, and Dad's call kind of came organically when he was watching BP and Larry Boa said, out of here after one of Greg Lozinski's BP home runs. So uh, if something like that happens to be great, but I'm not going to go into it saying, all right, if Correa hits one here or Altuve does this or uh, McCann tops one deep into the seats, then I'm going to say this. I think it just has to come naturally, and uh, we'll see how it evolves. I know when Dad was here, he used to say that ball is in Astros orbit. So I think I might bring that one back just on March 26th because that would be his birth, would have been his birthday if he was still with us. Um, so I'll bring that one back just for one of our spring training telecasts. But other than that, uh, we'll just see how it goes. I heard Jeff Blum had to apologize for you for how he acted during the one season that you were you were around the the Rays and calling it calling his games with the Rays. Yeah, I don't know why he would apologize, but we had some very poor teams over the Devil Rays years. And in fact, um, I don't even know if Jeff knows this, but his 2004 team that he was on uh, with the 70 and 92 record that was the best record in Devil Rays history for the first 10 seasons. And then became the Rays, and all of a sudden, magically, they became good. Uh, but, yeah, Blum, I, he doesn't have to apologize for anything. We had, a, we had a good time. I got to know Blumber back then. It wasn't his best year, but uh, it wasn't a lot of people's best years when they played for the Devil Rays. So he doesn't need to apologize for anything. Yeah, RG, he's, uh, apparently Jeff Blum said he got pretty, pretty upset that Panella brought out champagne when the Rays got their 70th win that season. <laughs> it's so funny because uh, I think a lot of veterans probably were a little miffed and Blummer being one of them, but uh, I can understand it from his perspective. Who wants to celebrate a 70-win season? Uh, but at the same time, I think Lou was pretty frustrated with what he was dealing with in Tampa Bay and thought the team would be a little bit better and figured, hey, if I can get to 70 wins at this mark that nobody had gotten to uh, in Ray's history, then we're going to do a little champagne toast. I do remember that. That happened uh, in Detroit, if I'm not mistaken, after they won their 70th game. Well, the Astros have had some painful years here in the recent past, uh, those three consecutive 100-loss seasons. So you have kind of missed out on that. You're coming in at what could be the cusp of a – Really great team. Uh, they're they're supposed to be one of the contenders in the American League this upcoming season. It, I, obviously, that must make you excited to cover this team right now as we're all kind of coming together. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. And kind of joking with Bill Brown as he's turned it over at possibly the best and worst time, depending on how you look at it. Because it is, we are, uh, this Astros team is right on the cusp of doing something really special right now. And I, like any other Astros fan, I even though I'm taking his spot, I'm going to miss Brownie's calls because he's been the man for Astros baseball for the last 30 years. And there's been a lot of great years. And then there was a lot of, you know, more recent down years, but those down years helped build what's about to be. And what was in 2015, uh, a very exciting team that should contend at 17 and should contend at 18. And hopefully the three or four years after that, I mean, they have the potential to really go on a nice run here, but you're right. The, Look at that lineup, one through nine, and there's not many teams that can stack a lineup like the Astros can for this season. What was it like to be around Joe Madden on a regular basis? You know, because the Astros, I, I think that they've got one of the best young guys in the game in A.J. Hinch, and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy being around him on a regular basis because uh, 
you know, just a really, really smart guy. Great with the media. You know, I, you know, he's just a guy that, uh, I feel like Astros fans are are lucky to have somebody like AJ Hinch to, to, to help out with this young team. I agree. I've only spoken with AJ a few times and I've come away impressed every time. I really like this guy down to earth, easy going, so easy to talk to treats the media, the, at least me as a new guy, just like I've been around for years. So yes, I, Really looking forward to working with AJ, and I, I really like his style already from what I've seen. Uh, going back to the initial part of that question, working with Joe Madden was a breath of fresh air. And, uh, you know, that turnaround when they became the Rays after the, the feudal 10 seasons as the Devil Rays, Joe was a huge part of that. And uh, he changed the whole culture. He not only won and got to the playoffs four out of the six years after 10 straight years of terrible baseball, but uh, – he did so and won 90 games five of those six years. So they were on a run that may be unprecedented prior, and we may not see a small market team do that again in the future just because they were ahead of the curve with a lot of the analytics, which they know the Astros are big into. And then Joe just created this great atmosphere. I knew when the Rays lost him and he went to Chicago that it was the perfect fit between Joe Madden and the Cubs, and it was just a matter of time before they won it all. And uh, having spent some time with Joe, this offseason it's great to see all the accolades that are coming his way couldn't happen to a better guy well one last question for you you know you're you we talked about you're the son of a broadcaster I'm just curious is there a special camaraderie with you and guys like Joe Buck and Tom Brenneman and Chip Carey yeah there definitely is I I love those guys and those guys have always you know we don't cross paths that often uh Joe Buck actually was at Louisville the year before I went to Louisville. And then, of course, he's gone on to huge things in his career. Uh, Tom has been mostly on the National League side. I saw Chip a little bit more when he was down in Orlando doing Magic games. Uh, But I haven't seen much of those guys. But, yeah, I mean, we all have a common thread and all have a common bond. uh, But I don't see them enough. But I would say that, yeah, we could always look back and, and be very, very proud of what our dads accomplished and also know that, um, we have been lucky enough to be able to carve out our own path in our careers as well. Well, one thing I would say is we mentioned Jeff Blum earlier, and, and that's going to be, I think, a great combination. But I really feel like you guys have the ultimate secret weapon because Julie Morales is a very underrated part of that team, and she is a fun person to, to do games with. And you'll, you'll, as I'm sure you'll find out if you haven't seen already, their, their relationship on the air is pretty fun, and uh, there's a lot of teasing that goes back and forth between those two. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of Julia Morales. In fact, even before I applied for this job, I always thought of her as, if not the best, one of the best uh, sideline people. And I was always jealous because she got to interact. She got to be a part of the broadcast so much more than I did when I was doing uh, sideline stuff and game reports for the Rays. So I was always kind of jealous how much she got to, to do in the Astros broadcast. But you're right. She is. Uh, hopefully she won't be underrated for for long, or maybe I should hope she's underrated for long because I don't want to lose her to a network. I think she's gonna, she's great. I, I think she adds so much to every root telecast. Uh, I'm so happy to be working not only with Blummer but Julia adds some such a great dimension to that broadcast. The one thing she said when I got the job is, "We just like to have fun on our show, so we're gonna continue that process." And I really look forward to working with Julia. Well, I can't tell you how much we're looking forward to the Astros season, and I, I know you are, and, and the fans are, and it should really be fun. And, and just a, a, a one last note on your dad. Everybody, 
knows him from baseball. And, and I was, as I was telling you, I, I remember him from his days, not just on inside the NFL, his voice on, on that show, but uh, he, he was a studio host for a show called this is the NFL. And, and as I mentioned to you on the caravan, I still have those shows recorded on VHS tapes. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a geek. So I actually log the stories you know, from that show on paper with with those tapes. So, uh, yeah, just a really, really excited about you being here. And, and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Robert, RG, thank you very much. I'm very thrilled to be here in Houston. I can't wait for our season to start. Our first telecast is actually less than a month away, which is crazy because it seems like uh, it's going to be right around the corner. So uh, let's get Astros baseball started in 2017. It should be a fun run. And thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll go let you find a place to live now. I know that's that's your, the next thing. Happy on the- home hunting there. <laughs> Thanks. I know. Once, once we get this locked in, then I'm going to just focus on baseball. But uh, another day or two of looking for a place to live, and then hopefully I can just immerse myself in baseball. Just not too long a commute to Minute Maid Park, right? <laughs> I'm staying in the inner loop at least for the first year, and then uh, I'll figure out. I'm going to rent for the first year until I learn the city a little bit better, and then I'll figure it out. But staying within the loop for sure for the first year. That's new Astros voice on Root Sports, Todd Cowles. Great stuff, man. For more interviews, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, or if you're an Android user, download our free Houston Sports Talk app in the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher or the TuneIn app, and our website is HoustonSportsTalk.net.